This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, where, Chris, we talk about this all the time. There is always a reason for you to sign up for the news feed and get these exclusive discounts and or free stuff. I mean, uh, lately we've been getting free tuna, uh, free steelhead, and uh, there's always something great either happening or in the horizon. And all it takes is to sign up for the newsletter. Yeah. Go to the website. That's simple. And shh, sneak peek next week is 20% off all Italian wine, and that would be specifically February 7th to the 9th. So you can see the progression of wonderful things that happen if you're part of the news feed. What else, Court? Well, they right now, they've got the Sumo Citrus. It has arrived. If you haven't tried uh, this fruit, it's the biggest citrus of the season, and you pointed this out, so easy to peel. Yes, and when it comes to citrus, big is important. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big and juicy, and that's what these are Yep. because they are fantastic. Also, uh, February 5th to March 3rd, check out Zupans.com for all the details on Ciao Italia. Featuring amazing products from Italy. And you know I have a special I have a special love for Italy. I've been going there yep. every year. So it's really nice to come back from Italy and then see some of those we, products. We've said this before. Short of going with you on your trips to, to Italy, go to Zupans and check out all the great uh, quality stuff I think they have. you'd do both. Sure. Why not, why not do both? But the easiest thing to do is to head down to one of three Zupans markets in town. Mm-hmm. Where? West Burnside, Lake Oswego, and McAdam. And also, very easy to go to zoopants.com. All right, it's time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles. Portland Food Adventures. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Court, thank you for the nice introduction. And of course, I'll, as I always do, Court Johnson from kink.fm. And as I generally always say, you got more going on in your life than just being at kink. Oh, man. I've got, well, I've got the, I had the flu going on. Chris, thanks for bringing that up. It's, uh, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, that's not what you were alluding to. Talking about all the good family things you do and all the good friends you have. Sure. And the life you lead outside of kink, which includes this podcast, a small part of it, I know, but an important part of it. Right. And, and, and I also got the flu. So there we go. There's, there's the summation of my life. (laughs) Yeah. We actually had to move a couple of uh, recording sessions. But no big deal. Right. We're going to do them next week. We're just as prepared for the folks that we have next week. It's a double. I think we've got a lot of women coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, which is going to lead us to March. And we'll call it our women's series. That's during Women's Month. And uh, we're going to have some pretty special guests, private chefs to both. Carmelo Anthony and Hassan Whiteside, uh, lovely Kiara and Lex will be coming in to be, join us and talk about what it's like to be a woman chef, woman private chef for uh, two of our store, our, uh, our Portland Trailblazers. That's right. So, but today we're going into the vegan world 
and Farm Spirit, which when it opened was pretty much of a novelty in Portland. Yeah. There are certainly other vegan restaurants. One of them, one of my favorites is Jeff at Homegrown Smoker. Mm-hmm. Grew up with Jeff Ryderbach. He's been a guest here on the podcast. So long ago, I can't even remember. Yeah, early, early on. So, one of the first ones we did. 2014, man. I can't believe we've been doing this since 2014. That's a long time ago. That's at least a president ago. So anyway, we have we have Scott Weingard on, and we originally had had Aaron Adams on the podcast when he opened Farm Spirit, and now Scott's stepped into, I believe, executive chef role there. Mm-hmm. He comes up from Los Angeles. He was asked by Aaron, and he's a friend of Aaron's, Aaron Adams, to come up and see the restaurant and work at it, and he helped him originally put the plans for it together a few years ago when Farm Spirit was opened, uh, and now he's up. Uh, he's the guy you'll see when you go to Farm Spirit, and it's been a very successful restaurant, and now is being cited beyond just vegan lists on lists that are the best restaurants in Portland. And I know uh, over the years, following a lot of people in the food world on Facebook and Instagram, that a lot of our chefs respect what Aaron and now Scott are doing. And uh, it's made a name for itself in its own right outside of just being vegan. We'll talk about that with Scott in terms of what his thinking is when he's serving the food. And to him, it's just great food. It's not necessarily uh, a vegan experience. It's not necessarily only for people who eat vegan. It's for people looking for great food experiences. Yeah, I, I think so, I, my, my biggest takeaway, and uh, not to to spoil the interview because it's a it's a great conversation, is that spoil it. It's great when they're spoiled. Well, it's, it's just this whole idea of you don't <laughs> have to be a vegan or thinking about ve- being a vegan to go to Farm Spirit, and they're not there to try to convert you either. Like they're not going to be in there and be like, well, this is you know this isn't your one shot to become a vegan. So that was an no, interesting take. No, 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 it's not a vegan hospital, right? So um, no, it is. Uh, it's just a great food experience that happens to be vegan. But I think a little more exciting for people who love food to see what can be done without meat or dairy products. Yeah. Um, in a fascinating way, and they really do it well. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been in since the old location, since they opened the new location. Must get in, but the, I always figure the closest we can get is a conversation with the chef. Um, and in this conversation, I thought it was pretty cool that um, I learned that he played at the Whiskey A Go-Go, where I worked many moons ago. Yeah. And um, that was kind of cool to hear about. And, of course, growing up on the East Coast, those are things that are near and dear to me. And some, maybe some people will relate to those things as well. Um, so I think it was an inter- he was an interesting guy brought to us by our friend Heather Jones, yep. who suggested he would be a great interview. And she was right. So we're hoping all of you out, everybody who listens, not only agrees with us, but what else should they do, Court? They should, uh, you know, uh, like and subscribe the podcast. Is that what you're getting at? Yes, exactly. Um, like and subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, stay tuned for um, our sub-podcast within the podcast, Joy of Drinking with Joy Church, which uh, is coming up soon as well. Yeah, we got a, a new episode, new episode dropping next Monday. Exactly. So, well, Valentine's, some Valentine's suggestions yep. as well. So, 
Um, but that's then, this is now, and now it's Scott Wingard. Right at the Fork is brought to you by the Toro Bravo Inc. Restaurant Group. Serving Portland since 2007 at Toro Bravo, Mediterranean Exploration Company, Tasty and Alder, Tasty and Daughters, Shalom Y'all, Bless Your Heart Burgers, and Gastronomic Society and Event Space, Plaza del Toro. For restaurant and event information, visit torobravoinc.com. Dupan's Markets, inspiring you with the best in food and wine. Local, family-owned Zupan's Markets provides a unique grocery shopping experience for Portland food lovers. Excellent products sourced locally and from around the globe with delicious chef-prepared meals for your convenience on West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Visit Zupan's.com and sign up for your exclusive deals and promotional offers. Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for 75 years, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a Portland landmark. Famous for its steaks, world-renowned onion rings, and unsurpassed service. And now, with extended happy hours, where you can enjoy a wide array of dishes on the bar menu for half off. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and make a reservation today. And by Portland Food Adventures. Join Right at the Fork host Chris Angelus for once-in-a-lifetime luxury food and wine vacations with his Portland chef and artisan friends in 2020. Urdaneta's Javier Quinteras takes you to magical Spanish Basque country for 10 days in April or explore beautiful and rustic western Sicily in October. Contact Chris Angelus through portlandfoodadventures.com. Good. And if you're on your phone, turn it off. My phone's off away. Uh, you know what? That's a good point. I haven't turned mine off. So we have had plenty of times. Yeah. We have had plenty of times where I did not turn it off. It would, you would think it would be the natural thing to do. but <laughs> I usually, and then what I do is I turn my phone off here. And for the whole week, I don't hear a ring. And it's great. But then I get a little, oh, geez, the phone yeah. was off the whole time. <laughs> All right, speaking of which, I don't know if that's speaking of which or not, but um, you have a pretty intense job over there at Farm it's, it's Spirit. okay, yeah. I haven't been to the new one, oh, I, you I sadly admit. Okay, well, we're here for you. We're yeah, there for you. No, well, maybe you can sell me on it. Um, I don't need to be sold. I believe in what Aaron's doing, and I've been there, but the reason I say that is because when I'm thinking of going out to dinner Vegan spots are not the at the top of my list. They are at the top of a lot of people's list. Understood. However, having eaten there, I know that it's really farm spirit it appeals to people be, beyond vegans. Yeah, and, you know, we're not. It's it's funny because you know, I get asked every service like, "Are you vegan? How many people are vegan that eat here?" And I would say, you know, we get a lot of vegans, but probably. 90% of the people are just out for a good time trying something different and that's my selling point you don't have you know you don't eat meat every every second right you know so right every meal doesn't have to be meat so if you're looking for an experience come sit down with us and see what we do i mean we're not like you don't have to become vegan you don't have to sign up yeah no one's to you know do it. that's cool if that's what you do and if that's what we you know you come and eat with us and oh my god i'm going vegan great but you know i'm just there to really give you an experience to show you that you do, you can have an awesome experience at a restaurant mm-hmm. and eat really well and have you know and not eat what you think you're going to be served right and then that's like really kind of how we write the menus it's like well let's think about what's different and like how do how do we separate ourselves from just being different i mean we're different enough where there's not a lot of 
you know, fine dining, tasting menu, like, you know, vegan restaurants. So that's one thing where we're lucky. There weren't those five or 10 years ago, no, though. Not, they didn't exist. No. no. And that's when I met Aaron. That's where, like, we were like, we have to find out how to do this. And, you know, it was so amazing to watch him do it and to talk with him and see him do it from, from, you know, from far away, but also like being on the phone with him and like text messaging through the whole, the whole system. You know, he actually, you know, came down and like stayed with me for a while and, you know, before it even happened. And we kind of like talked about the whole thing, like even before it was a thing. So it was really amazing to watch it like build. And it's even like even crazier to think that I'm here now. And it's bigger than I think Aaron thinks it was going to be. Do, do, do you think he thought it was going to, you know, be as popular where he was able to spin off a second one and get national attention? I don't think- and, then, and then hearing when I saw Farm Spirit open, and it was this was an important thing, and you know I follow a lot of mm-hmm. the food community on social media. Yeah, yeah. At the time when that opened, it was really Facebook, Instagram wasn't yeah. as big. <laughs> uh-huh. But and I saw chefs like I remember John Gorham mm-hmm. making real positive statements like this is something special. When you hear that, yeah, then yeah. that's that's a pretty heavy endorsement. And I don't think yeah, I think you know that's why it started in that small little space, 14 seats. It's like, oh, let's see what we can do. Let's see what will happen. Let's see, you know, let's try this experiment. And it became, just kept on rolling, kept on rolling. And then, you know, and I, again, like I was, you know, Aaron's one of my best friends. So we were always talking and he's like, I can't, the place is so full. What do you know what to do? And and I was like, you got to add more seatings, you know? And I'm just like, he's like, we already have three seatings. It's like, oh, you know, and then he always liked that roost space. So it was always kind of fun to like, I would come up and we would walk around and he'd be like, I want this space so bad. And I'm like, I just, you know, let it, it'll come up. It'll come up. And then, you know, I think it was last November, he called me. He's like, the space is open. And I was like, get it, get it. You know, we just had this like thing. So it's just been really like, just, just watching it and now being a part of it. It feels really special. And it's really like, there's not a lot of times where you actually can feel that specialist, the specialness while you're in it. So it's, you mean any restaurant or that? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah. You know, like you have, oh, you're in a restaurant. It's cool. It's busy. But like, you know, there's like a different thing about being busy and being successful than being like doing the right thing and feeling good about what you're doing mm-hmm. and also being able to like support yourself and pay your bills and keep people in the coming in the restaurant. So it's like, it's just, well, that's important. And yeah. I know that's always been important to Aaron yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's great that that's worked because a lot of people have that as a goal. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to accomplish yeah, yeah. in a really tough restaurant world Definitely. right now. So having something that's very special that people, it's still not exorbitant, you know, compared mm-hmm. to other markets. You've been in yeah. Copenhagen, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that, that you know, I had burgers for $25 yeah. there. Yeah, like the candy bars, like four fifty. you know, that was eight years ago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I did have some, that I found that place down at the, the, um, the meatpacking district mm-hmm. right next to McKellar. Okay. Is it pronounced McKellar or McKellar or how is that? You don't know. Sounds either. right. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't there when I was there. <laughs> right. But it's right next to it. There was an incredible, I, I had like an $18 hot dog meal yeah. and was very happy about it. But at any rate, so when you were thinking mm-hmm. of doing something good, are you thinking I'm, I know what your answer is going to be. It's kind of a never think of, never think of doing anything. Well, good. Right. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's good to hear. <laughs> but are you thinking is your is your daily reason for being there something that's good for the planet or good for people's health? And those are intertwined. I understand, but you know, it's funny. It's like I think 
I feel it makes me feel better feeding people the food that I that we feed. So it's yeah. a personal thing. Yeah, and you know, and I think you know it goes both. You know, it definitely it's you know healthier or you know better for the environment, sure. But it also makes me feel. You know, I think that's kind of, you know, whatever obvious, you know, like, but for me, like when I'm in the, like, it makes me just feel like, okay, I'm not, not like encouraging or like contributing to any, anything else that's like that I shouldn't be. Or right. Like that. So let me put it this way then where I want to, mm. where I'm kind of going with okay. it. I was going to put myself out there, but yeah. how does it feel mm-hmm. to be making a noble effort mm-hmm. day after day with your heart and soul mm-hmm. to do things that are good for people? And good for the planet, and yet the tone being set by our government is "fuck all of this." It doesn't matter. Well, it's so it's, you feel like you're really running on a treadmill, and it's the treadmill's going at twenty miles an hour, and you can only go to three. You know, I'm I don't even let that stop me. I just do what I do. To, to, you know, it's like I, well, you know, I know yeah, it wouldn't stop like, you, but no, do you, how I, do you I feel about? I don't. That? I don't. It doesn't affect me. I mean, of course, it's in there. Like you know, we you can bring it up, and I can have like a bunch of opinions, but like you know, I'm just gonna do the best I can do. Mm-hmm. And continue to hope that the people around me, you know, will catch on to something and the people that we work with and, you know, they'll see that we're trying hard and we're doing the best we can and like, you know, contributing to the where we feel, you know, gives back to the right things. So, um, but I'm not going to like, you know, let the news, you know, affect my day every day or like let, you know, just some other, you know, bullshit thing, you know, you know, step in the way. So I'm, it's not going to like make me think that it's not, it's not worth it anymore. Okay. I've been doing it for, you know, it's see- like. I wonder about that because I'm generally, you know, I wake up in the morning, a former East Coaster, mm-hmm. sort of cynical starting yeah, off the day. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the first things I see is, and I know you know Jeff Reiterbach. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things I see is Jeff Reiterbach, peace begins on your plate. All, you know, lots of that. And I think that's so noble, Jeff. It's great. You used to be a, a carnivore mm-hmm. and you're not. And I think that's great. And, but I just feel like, that is a message that gets through to so few people and so few people latch on to it. I just personally wouldn't want to fight that battle yeah. every day if it's a battle. Yeah. But well, I just feel like, okay, good. But Jeff, you know, this chicken I had the other day was really good. So that's, that's my feeling. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny cause you know, if you were, I know Aaron has a way different outlook on, you know, veganism and you know, like he'll, he's very like, in your face about it and i'm more like you know find the balance that you know you need in your life and you know if like and do the best you can because i i've watched you know people go one way i watch people go the other way and and for me i just was like you know what i want to do what i feel good about you know feel good feels good for me and then hopefully if you know anyone else sees that if i feel good doing it they'll catch on. It's not, yeah. it's not more than, I'm not going to wear the shirt that says, you do what I do or you're stupid or anything like that, you know? And it's like, and I get, you know, like it's very, you know, peace begins on the plate. Yes, sure. But like, let's all like kind of find that peace, you know, ourselves instead of like being like forced down and shit. Like, and then there's enough information out there and I don't really feel like I'm the one to be like giving the information over and over again. There's lots, there's so many people that are way better at it. And I'm just, right. I'm, I feel that my contribution is just cooking really great food and presenting it in a better way than, you know, than just having a veggie burger or some kind of like, And you to know. me, that's a great contribution because, no, I think it's a super contribution because let's, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to face it, but I would say that starting with bakeries, mm-hmm. right, and, 
vegan bakeries and gluten-free, my perception is because of experiences that I've had, no, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go there. So if someone is actually doing something that makes people really take notice and like it and want to do it again and tell other people you need to do that, that's a, to me is a really, really positive thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it doesn't even have to be for a cause just because the beautiful thing about farm spirit is just, it's delicious. Here's a good dining experience. You know, and you know, and even like before even gets all the politics of like us not killing animals for, you know, for food, like, you know, we're supporting all local people. Like we have all these farmers that we're great. You have these relationships with, you know, all the, all the plates were made by local people, you know, everything about it. The bar was made, you know, by a local, you know, carpenter. And like, so this is Portlandia. You're yeah, living I, in Portlandia. Yeah. It, you know, it's like really funny because like <laughs> moving up here, like, it's like, Oh, and like, you know, having friends from, you know, my other places I lived or, you know, and like it really, and it's like, Oh yeah, I guess it is like that. Oh, you know, and it's, it's, it's I'd, a little less like that than it was five or ten years I can, ago, I think. I could imagine that it was a lot worse when it was all kind oh, of... let's not call it worse. <laughs> more, not call worse. It, more, so, it was a lot more fun. More apparent, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't worse. Yeah, that's not the right word. Um, But yeah, I can see where like when all of a sudden it's like being you know, shown in front of you like, oh, okay, okay. I think it's all charming to yeah. everyone until they have to sit in traffic. <laughs> and then and then it's like, what the fuck did they do? So, um, yeah. Uh, that's the only time anybody ever cites Portlandia is they killed this and it wasn't Portlandia. It mm. was also you guys, all you great chefs and everybody who was doing, who had started this ball rolling about what a cool food city. And it goes, it really mm-hmm. doesn't go directly, it goes through you, but it goes right to the farmers. Mm-hmm. And the geography here and the, the the wonderful produce and the farmers that we have. It's definitely the farmers. I, I blame the farmers for, you know, giving me the ingredients to write the menus all the time. You know, right. it's like, that's how, you know, how do you come up with the, the menus? Like, well, the farmers send me lists. I go and see the farmers. They tell me what there's growing. They tell, tell me what's coming up. And that's how I think about it, you know? So it's, it really is, you know, it is the farmer's fault. <laughs> right, and it was the, um, you know, the urban development zone. What is it? I, always, I never remember. I'm getting older. Uh-huh. The things I should know. But the fact that the farms are so close to the city mm-hmm. with, that created what we have because you have that, you know, in California too. And there's some great food cities down there and mm-hmm. elsewhere. But you have something special here, which is the farmers being close enough to have daily contact. It's really, really condensed. I think, you know, like, you know, Portland's a big city, but it's not a huge giant city and where I've been like there's you know coming here and meeting these like smart smart farmers that have like you know I only have a half acre of you know I grow on it's like I've never witnessed anything like that you know there were some small farms in Maine that you know when I was you know helping with the restaurant up in Maine but like not it wasn't like one here one there one there like I didn't have a list I didn't have five lists from you know every Tuesday from you know a one acre farm that was growing like perfect little carrots and like you know Awesome, you know, amazing. Oh, I almost said it. <laughs> you're, you're on, by the way, you're on number three. I am. Oh, yeah. Crap. But who's counting? No, not me. Um, we used to kick people out on the third. But I'm not, uh, I caught too, myself. Um, but yeah, you know, just like these small farms, like I've never been around that. It's, it's so great and just incredible to be, you know, to be able to choose, you know, from people that care so much. It's not just like, oh, this giant farm that has a big list or, you know, you're calling, can I get carrots? Can I get tomatoes? Can I get, you know, zucchini? And it just comes in a box and, you know, you're you're hoping that everyone's going to be great. But now, you know, with Farm Spirit, it gives us the opportunity to actually know the people that are growing it. You know, talking to them one-on-one, it's not just, you know, a truck driver. I get to actually talk to the farmer and 
nine times out of ten, it's actually the farmers that are dropping it off that mm-hmm. I'm talking to. So it's just it's do just you, insane. Do you deal at all? I'm just asking because we've had him on the podcast. You deal with Jeff at Kingfisher Farms out near Nahalem? No, I've never met. Never oh, met. He's got a small thing, okay. and I, I driving back and forth to the coast a lot. He's got this big van that uh-huh. you can't miss. Okay. So I just see him. Really nice guy, simple guy. He goes to the farmer's markets okay. and he's there selling his own stuff. And uh-huh. he, he's in Portland a couple of times a week. I pass him on 26. Okay. All the time doing his thing. Uh-huh. Coming in to meet with people like yeah. you. Yeah. And I have to look it up and find him and, and add him to the list. So. Yeah. He's, he, <laughs> does some, he does some good things. So I was just curious about that. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Plaza del Toro. Isn't that nice? Yes. Who has it better than us? And anybody who is going to go to Plaza del Toro. Right. So, and we're aware, you and I are aware, and some people are aware that Plaza del Toro is moving, or by the time you've listened to this, has moved Mm -hmm. to uh, the Pearl. And they're going to have a First Thursday event that people should look forward to every First Thursday um, as they welcome people to the Pearl uh, that's what one would do. Yeah, the grand opening launch party takes place at 7 p.m. February 6th at the new location, 1203 Northwest Gleason Street. So that's the old, if you if you remember, that's the old Trader Vic's space, which oh, was right. a long yeah. time ago. Sure. So, But now you can identify it, and it's exciting. It's a big space, and you know when the Gorums put something together, it's going to be wonderful, and when they throw an event, yeah. it's a party. I hearken back to our initial interview with John Gorham years ago, mm-hmm. where he said what he wants to do is throw a party at his restaurants every night. Right. He wants that, the, that to be the atmosphere, and that's what Plaza del Toro encompasses. So, for instance, on February 6th at that grand opening, they have complimentary bites from their new seasonal menus, a sneak preview of ferments from Toro Bravo's new sushi concept, Hanoki, and spinning by DJ Jimbo. Very nice. Uh, they're also going to have a full bar, a wine list available for purchase featuring some of their favorite local winemakers and distilleries. And uh, as with anything, mark your calendars and uh, go. Check it out at plazadeltoropdx.com right now. Were you wearing flannel shirts before you got to Portland? Yeah. Or is this a yeah. Portland No, it's, it's just been always a thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Before I got, uh, look at me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. I wasn't wearing shirts like this. I think it just kind of gets into your system yeah. after a while is what you see, the uh, fashion thing. So what are you, um, how long have you been at Farm Spirit now? My first, I was first week of March last year, so I'm kind of coming up on almost a year. So you were, you weren't there when Aaron kind of almost took a sabbatical as I understand, right? He wasn't there yeah, he, in the restaurant all the time. He's got his bodybuilding yeah, so he's doing his powerlifting. So powerlifting. He, yeah, he, sorry. So he, he took a little bit of time off to like help um, open a powerlifting gym, which he's no longer a part of. And then you know he's that's his like you know. Oh, so he's back. Yeah. with Verve full well, time. He's built a gym for, at his house, so he's doing you know his you know his his you know heavy lifting at home. But he's around. He's he's more of a. Um, you know, he's not in dinner service, or but he's like he's definitely like a part of the whole fermentation process, and like he leads all that. And you know, he's he's like our fearless leader. You know, he's always around. But so you can't find you won't find him there when you come in to dine in the evening. Uh, he's around. Like it's not. I wouldn't bet on it, but he's, he's not handing you. He's yeah, not he's not like shaking your hand at the door, and he's not. You know, right. He's, okay. You know, he's more of the you know early day kind of running around and you know making, getting all the things done that you know all the heavy lifting that we don't want to do. So what, when you talk to your friends, uh, what do you say is what you, what you love about Portland the most since you've been here? 
Um, Outside of the restaurant, maybe. Let's. You know, I just like I'm so just surprised at how beautiful and how clean and how like fresh I feel everything like is. You know, and I, you know, I I lived five blocks from the beach before I you know in Santa Monica, and like I thought like I thought I was in love with palm trees and the ocean and all this stuff, and and coming up here, I'll trade the ocean and the palm trees for the trees and the mountains. We have ocean here. Yeah, I know, but it's an hour, you know, it's, it's far away. You know, like It really, it's a, here's the thing I say, it's a beautiful hour and a half hour, depending on where you're going. Yeah, and hour I've been, 45, I, you know, yeah, yeah, I've been, and, and I love it, but, you know, it's like I was across the street from it, you know, so right. it was like right there, and, you know, and I thought like, oh, you know, growing up on Long Island close to the beach, and like, you know, Venice Beach was like my mecca because of you know, all the skateboarders, and like, you know, it's like all those... I used to read Thrasher magazine, like Venice Beach, Venice Beach, Venice Beach. So like I got there and I started seeing like, oh, there's that thing. Oh, there's that. Oh, wait, there's that skater who I used to like, you know, oh, here's this skater in the restaurant that, you know, like, hey, you know who this is? Like, oh, I got to go meet this. You know, so it was like, I thought I was in the place that I always wanted to be. And then, you know, it was just when I came up here for the friends and family to, you know, to eat at Farm Spirit, you know, in January, you know, Aaron, he said something that, I don't know. I can't, it's not a quote, but he basically said, "I built this restaurant. When are you going to come and run it for me?" Mm-hmm. Oh, it wasn't. And, when are you come and try it? Yeah, I know. And I was like, "Oh," and, and, and you know, I've been around for the ever. You know, I've so I've seen it. You know, and 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 you know, and I love the old. Had space. you been to Portland when when all this? Had you been here before? Yeah, I've, I've been a bunch of times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like over all ten. Right, I'll over, come and see this over ten times. This yeah. utopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Let's go see. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I was there when Farm Spirit first opened. I was there. Right. I came up, you know, three or four times and spent, you know, more than a couple of days just to hang out in the kitchen and spend some time with Aaron and, and the team there. And you know, and I, I love the old space, but I never could picture myself being in the old space every day, like kind of going back and forth in that little, you know, bar. Mm-hmm. And then when, like literally we walked in and I was like, oh, I just kind of felt this like comfort and it kind of made me feel like, hmm, I wonder what, I wonder what's going on here. And you know, my wife was like, just kind of like looking at me like, what's going on in your head? And like, oh, nothing, you know? And then Aaron said that and she just kind of like, oh, we have, we have a talk, you know? You like, didn't, <laughs> she, you were keeping that this was uh, It wasn't even an, op- like I literally, Aaron did not say come up to for friends and family and you know I want to hire you to do like let's oh, okay. let's, let's let's partner and do this. It was just like I was coming up for friends and family. You know, it's like I want to come see the new space and you know and support and and be there and you know. And eat, so what does eat. your wife do? Uh, she does. Uh, she's an interior designer. Oh, yeah. So, so was she able to move from she, there to here fairly simply, or is she operating down there still? She actually got the job doing it here, so it was, it's a new a new position here doing what you know what she does. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was amazing. I did it again. Yes. Yeah, it's impossible. Kick me out. So yeah. now you can see, we don't talk about it every episode because it would be boring. Yeah. I mean, it would be crazy. But people don't know it. Yeah. But when we send out an email to our guests, we please please do not use the A word, uh-huh. which could be awesome, yeah. but it's not. Um, because I, we had guests who were saying it 30, 40 times a day and uh, through an interview. And I think, you know, the word doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. I, it's funny because I had a fr- years ago, I had a friend who used to use the word and, and, and another friend was like, no, it's not. Well, it's not amazing. Stop saying Louis it. Louis like, C.K. did a whole. Oh, he did? Okay. A whole. You have okay. to look it up. Okay. Louis C.K. and amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's not amazing. Yeah. The fact that I don't remember all the examples that he, but you know, the, yeah. I mean, it's the pretty... chicken nuggets are not amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, no matter yeah. where they're from, yeah. they're not. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> um, I tend to be um, a real asshole when it comes to words. My, 
my girlfriend is having a tough time because I take people literally. Mm-hmm. And maybe I have some Asperger syndrome. I don't know. But I, so if you say something, then you, it, it's not time for people to say that's what they meant. Mm-hmm. So aside from the word amazing, yeah. I tend to always like, well, you realize what you just said, right? Well, I didn't mean that. And so yeah. <laughs> I'm calling people and that stuff all the time. So I wonder if people listening to this podcast, who I don't even know, right? Are listening and going, well, that guy with the word amazing. But <laughs> I thought it was a marketing move uh-huh. to, if we talk about it enough, and we have, you know, a few thousand listeners yeah. of the podcast. If every time they hear it, someone else, because they're going to hear it all day long, say that word, they think of the podcast. It's yeah. a little bit of a subliminal marketing gotcha. yeah. thing. So to explain it, but I think it's awesome that you've caught yourself yeah. because people don't. And I put that in big highlighted letters. <laughs> all right. Enough of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, di- I digress, I suppose. So um, you are a vegetarian mm-hmm. and not a vegan. Yeah. I, you know... Well, that, you are a vegan if you're a vegetarian, correct? No, well, vegan is... No, know, no, no, I'm sorry, yeah. you're a vegetarian, vegetarian if, if you're, you're vegan. vegan. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, the thing is, I eat mostly vegan, mm-hmm. and I feed myself vegan, but when I, you know, realized that I was going to cook professionally, there was I got to a point where I was around a lot of food that I've never tried before, and I had a lot of people saying how great it was, and, and I just felt like I needed to try some things. So, and so it's not like I go out for, you know... A big steak dinner you know but if we were at dinner and we were at a nice restaurant and i knew the chef and i ha- had some trust there and you know i was with people that say oh this is really good you should try this but by I, this you mean a lamb or sure. you'll eat it sure i won't eat the whole thing i won't order, order the whole you know a whole plate of it but i'll taste it whether I'll, I'll swallow it and or spit it out that's a whole other thing but like i've been in i, I put myself in that position and also it took me like my 15 year old self is call me every shitty name you know in the book sell out you know you know because i had a lot of you know stuff to say as a kid sure but you know oh, so this goes way back for you oh yeah yeah you know i i've you know i hated eating chicken as a kid in high school and my parents like you know my dad worked for pan am or for the airlines and they went up they went oh, under that's and, romantic anytime i hear the <laughs> yeah. word pan am yeah. it's very romantic. yeah it was definitely like a big thing you know i see the logo and i get really excited but um you know and i kind of put you know him like you know going on strike and like pan am going under and like trying to figure out like and chicken was just cheap and we ate it all the time and i just hated eating chicken and you know i was, was it the concept or the flavor just the flavor it wasn't like i didn't the, uh, the whole animal rights thing had nothing had didn't was it wasn't even in my head it was just like right. i just hated the, the food i hated eating the same thing every day and that was something that i definitely didn't like to eat and i was in school i was in class and a girl behind me was talking to somebody else and she said, I don't eat chicken. I'm a vegetarian. And I literally was like, what? You can do that? I was like, wait, what did you say? And I, I was like, I literally interrupted and she's like, oh, I don't eat chicken. I'm a vegetarian. And I just kept on thinking, huh, that's something. And I got up from the, cl- the bell rang and I went right to the school library. I went to the librarian. I was like, do you have any books on vegetarian, being a vegetarian? And there was one book. Yeah, one book back then. And, I, and I stole it from the library. It's still in my parents' basement somewhere. They can't find it. Every time I ask them, they go look for it. But I know it's still there. I never gave it back. So I, 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 look what I did. I, you know, nobody's vegetarian now because I stole that book. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. And, 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 and somebody died of a heart attack yeah, somewhere. Exactly. Still are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so and, and that was just kind of it, and then, then you know, you know, being into punk, and you know, like I started to find out about bands, and like you know, I went to like right after that, 
went to a show at CBGB's and we were online and there's always like these pods of like, you're not you know, that old. I'm pretty, I'm older than you think probably. Mm, yeah, I, I can, <laughs> I won't ask you, but you can say how old you are if you I, want. I'll be 48 next week. Oh, that's a good age. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Okay. <laughs> I've been there. Well, let me throw this at you and see what you have to say about it since you're talking about CBGs and the punk mm-hmm. scene. So I was um, back in the late 70s mm-hmm. going to school at Syracuse University. Okay. You're probably familiar with that because yeah. a lot of people from Long Island went up yep. there. Yep. And I got a call from my brother. Um, this is 1977. That previous summer, I'd worked at the Roxy Theater. He, okay. wor- he worked there. He moved to the Whiskey. Uh-huh. I got a job oh, wow. seating people at the Roxy. Okay. So I went back to school in Syracuse. He calls me and he says, I'm going on the road with uh, Van Halen. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you want my job at the Whiskey A Go-Go? So I'm only saying this not because I'm trying to turn this interview into me, but because you're mentioning, you've mentioned Venice, Santa Monica, yeah. Yeah. and punk. So what I did in 1970. Eight, 77 and 78 was go out to LA. I lived in Topanga Canyon. Amazing. Drove by and <laughs> since Santa Monica was yeah. my beach to chill out on on the way home. So I would go work at the whiskey um, and bands like Vom and oh God, uh, uh, Joan Jett was there and I got to hang out with them backstage. Wow. It was pretty cool in those yeah. days, but I didn't use any earplugs. So I was... 19 years old. I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine how crazy loud that was. That was a lot of meat for your ears. Yes. So it was really bad for me. I used to go on the beach and just hear ringing. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I heard it for about another 10 years. Yeah. Just from what was going on in the club that night. Yeah. Did you get to go? Well, you weren't out there then. You were on the East Coast. I was on the East Coast. Did you get to check out the punk scene in LA at all at the I time? did. Well, I also... Because I, I I actually played in some bands and did some touring, so we actually played the whiskey a few times. Oh, you did! So that was like in the nineties, yeah. I was stage manager and lighting guy, so when guys like you would come in with a shirt like you have right now <laughs> and say, "Don't put any, don't put any yellow on me because it's gonna, I'm gonna look all <laughs> my, my zits are gonna show." I would just do it, so yeah, yeah. it was fun because yeah. you could, and that that was a punk thing to do. Yeah, you right? told me exactly. not to do it. I'm uh-huh. gonna do it. Yeah, we would probably just say, "Don't t- don't flash the lights. Just put it on one color. We don't want to, you know." And then, and then we did our reunion tour and we're like, give us all the lights we can do. And like, you know, we had the big lighting show and it was like, you know, a bigger club, you know. So, so what do you play? Bass guitar. Okay. Yeah. And so how many years did you do this? Um, well, that's kind of how I started working in restaurants and found out that I loved actually working in restaurants and didn't love like, you know, sleeping on floors and, you know, trying to be friends with people that, you know. You thought, you know, there, <laughs> there aren't the same groupies in restaurants, especially from that scene. Yeah, it's definitely a different scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, probably, I mean, right out of high school, I started playing in bands. Um, and, you know, I, I always say, you know, people keep on asking, you, you, you play music now? And I was like, someone asked me, I'll play music. But there's just like, it's a little bit harder as you're a little bit older and having a job where you work, you know, a bunch and, you know, have a lot of, you know, put in. But I would love to, like, spend a few hours and make some noise to like not think about, you know, what I, how much, you know, celery root I need to order this week or whatever, you know, just to like turn off for a couple minutes. Um, but yeah. There's a potential because we've had so many people sitting in that seat to play <laughs> who moved here, like yeah. Javier from Urdaneta okay. moved to Portland to, to be in the music scene, not the food scene. Oh, wow. So there are, we've had plenty of people well, who- tell them to the, hit me up. We'll, I think we'll it'd be jam. fun to yeah. do, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to do a little produce- a concert yeah. with you guys. Fun, Some, yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Some, have it at uh, Bunk, right? Tommy would, Tommy yeah. would host it. Anyway, 
Um, do you, so do you still play? I mean, at home, I, you know, I strum around. I just, you know, I, I broke a string on my guitar and bought a new set of strings and changed them yesterday. So I'm, I'm, I try, you know, I'll, I'll pull up, you know, garage band and I'll like, you know, mess around and, but you know, I'm not a songwriter. I'm just like, always just been like a band member and like, you know, and, and contributing but like, you know, never like wrote a song, but, like here's a song, you know, here it is from start to finish. But you know, so it's not like, I'm not like that, you know, so it's like, or I probably would have like, have gone that way if I felt more comfortable as a, you know, I mean, of course I wrote songs from them, like, you know, I don't have the confidence, but like, hey, check out my, my, my new song, you know, but you know. Well, that's the way it worked yeah. back then too. <laughs> yeah. So who were your favorite bands from that era? Uh, the, pu- the punk scene? Yeah, I'm trying, um, so I can think of a few. They don't, I have to stop and think like just a minute ago, not mm-hmm. much came out, but Dead Kennedys, mm-hmm. Dickies, did you know the Dickies? I knew the Dickies, I wasn't a, I didn't love the Dickies. I definitely kind of came from the like the early '80s, like East Coast. You know, like the Bad Brains, Minor Threat. Oh, see, I like, they were. That. I don't think there was a lot of back and forth. But yeah. I thought a lot of bands that were playing the whiskey were playing CBGBs and were playing up in San Francisco. But uh, I remember X a mm-hmm. lot. X yeah. was big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those were like it's actually gigantic. They were huge. It's funny. Well, they but, weren't huge. I mean, compared compared to Aerosmith, oh well, yeah, but, but in the punk you know, scene, for the punk, yeah, yeah, you know, they also wrote, you know, there's a lot of records, and you know, they're definitely, um, but yeah, you know, but there was like, it's hard, you know, you think that you know, L.A. and New York are kind of easy to get to, but as kids, you know, that don't have a lot of money, that aren't making a lot of money, it's hard for them to get out there. So, and you know, the bands that toured were all the bigger bands like Black Flag and Dead Kennedys, and those are all, the, you know. Well, they, but they also weren't making the kind of money no. that they make now to tour because all the money was in records. Totally. Touring was supporting records, mm-hmm. and now it's the absolute yeah. reverse. Is, you know, anything anything on Spotify is supporting yeah. uh, the, a $500 ticket. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that as a musician? What do, you, what do you think about the cost of concerts now? I think it's just ridiculous. I, I, it's out of control. You know, yeah. um, I mean... Coming from, you know, we always had a, a limit on what our you know, tickets were and even $35. Well, now like we, we were, we were charging that, you know, and that's, was like, and that was cheap to like play, you know, it's like, what? Like, you know, bands that we were, you know, also, you know, were bands that were around when we were around them. Maybe they still play or maybe they're kind of doing like, oh, we're playing some reunion shows. Like they're charging 50, $60. And like, you guys were playing like. You know the same five dollars shows that we were playing at you know small clubs on but Avenue 50 A. Or you know? Sixty is like the minimum now. I, know, I, I look sometimes once in a while. Well, there, um, you know, I was looking at some concerts in Connecticut for okay. my girlfriend and I were uh-huh. going to go there. I was just like, these are starting at six hundred bucks. That's each. That's twelve hundred dollars. I'm sorry, no that's way. more than the plane ticket. And it's, and and to be like have that experience with thousands of people right i'd rather be no way home with my yeah. really cool which they didn't have that <laughs> really great sounding earbuds yeah. and, and walking on the beach uh-huh. so yeah. yeah oh god so therefore i know a lot of people st- i like live music but you know when you just when you said when you're amongst a lot of people and they're screaming and yelling and, they're, and there's a phone every phone in, in the places in front of you like right yeah it's not fun anymore we just went to see speaking of Bands I'd seen at the Whiskey, mm-hmm. Elvis Costello and Debbie Harry. Wow, playing up at uh, in Washington, and the whole show, these two girl, two, two women were just yapping and screaming really loud, talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be the get off my yard guy, but I was like, could you just watch this? And yeah, yeah. We didn't sp- come did, here to listen to you. Didn't you spend a lot of money? Didn't don't you? Yeah, maybe they didn't. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, so, all right, maybe it doesn't I'm matter. Getting, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. I mean, I. 
I don't know how I'm much coffee. Do you, are you a coffee drinker? I drink coffee every day, yes. All right. So, and are you into the coffee scene here? It's, a, you know, I will say that I'm really surprised that I go to a few of the same coffee shops and they charge me a different price for a large coffee. <laughs> At a different times? <laughs> yes, I, I pay I $3. Dollars some, thing. Sometimes it's three fifty. There's one that sometimes every once in a while it's a three seventy five, and I'm like, oh. For just a drip coffee? For a drip coffee. Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm just like, why? That's starting to get a little. Why, why is it different? I know. I'm okay with it. I'm not complaining. It's just, it's just it's, you know. <laughs> it's fine. And you know, you, when you stop and think about much like yeah. what you guys are doing, you know, what all the passion and heart exactly. and everything that goes into this, they're not getting drop-offs from Cisco. They no. are, you mm-hmm. know, everything. You know, I've talked to uh, Nolan at Br- Proud Mary about what a cup of coffee actually should be, but he can't yeah. do it. So, um Anyway, that that exists. Hey, let's pause just a moment here, Chris. Talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Of course, over there on uh, West Burnside, mm-hmm. where you're going to find uh, obviously the best steaks in town. Sure, in the state. Yep, in the region, mm-hmm. and uh, that you can you can choose to go dine there for a special occasion or any night. Or of course we have prime rib Mondays, which are really special, oh, which yeah. I just took advantage of last week where you get a uh, uh, prime rib. So it's think. the three course meal. You get the prime rib, you get the, the salad beforehand, some greens, right? And you get the creme brulee. Yeah. But you can also, here's a lo- another thing. And that's only $39. Yeah. Uh, you it's, can it's tell the great them, deal. which I did. We want a few more ounces. You want it to be a little thicker mm-hmm. and they'll do that. So if you want a little more, you can add some sides to it. And it's still a very reasonable experience. I always ringside. do the lobster mash upgrade. You got to do that. Oh yeah. And then also, of course, go to ringsidesteakhouse.com and check out their happy hour menu when it occurs and how you go about it. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. And you can go and have half off of lots of items on the bar menu. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. The Ringside Steakhouse Bar Burger yeah. is easily my favorite restaurant burger. Well, plus, or you can get the steak bites. Sure, you Forget could do the that bread as well, right? And just go right for the steak yeah. bites. There oh, you it's go. so good. Ringside, and also the best service in town. We just, on that prime rib night, mm-hmm. had uh, Colin, who was a really, really nice guy. So I've mentioned Andy and Angelica before, and so many great servers over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you want to really be taken care of, it's ringside. What do you, I asked you what you really enjoy about Portland. What's been the most surprising thing about living here? If someone were listening to you, oh, here's a good one because you're from LA, you know, coming from, Uh and I learned when I moved up here, if I, once I told people I wasn't from California, they were more welcoming. Well, I said when I first, like people were like, don't tell people you're coming from LA. And I was like, oh, I'm from New York. And they don't even tell, don't say that. <laughs> don't even well, say that. Well, be- that was better than LA, I um, found, or San Francisco. Um, and I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, I just love that it, it's like, it feels like a big city, but it's very, I, I don't feel like it's a big city. I feel like it's very easy to get around. It's very beautiful. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just a very, like, I just felt very welcome here. It kind of, you know, this is probably something else I shouldn't say how, you know, but it kind of reminds me of a borough of Brooklyn. Oh yeah. That's why Brooklyn has that, taken on this whole that feeling I, of Portland that I've never, you know, that I never went to like living in Brooklyn. Like it's like, right. Oh, that's where like, Oh, you know, it was like Bushwick. No one ever went to Bushwick and everyone started living in Bushwick. It's like, Oh, you're allowed to go to Bushwick now because you weren't, this wasn't safe, you know? Like, so this is kind of like, Oh, this is that, you know, that's, that's kind of what it reminds me, you know, but there's 
beautiful mountains and you know beautiful trees and you know <laughs> you know it's a little bit was that a, an important part of your childhood uh, Na nature no but i definitely it definitely meant something to me like my grandparents lived out on eastern long island and my, my me and my folks went out there like in we and you're from where on long island oceanside which is uh close to long beach it's like 25 miles from manhattan it's, oh, okay. it's really close to queens well i spent i was born in manhasset Okay, yeah. Great Neck around mm -hmm. there. So. Yeah, so that's more North Shore. We, North were Shore. we were South Shore. Right, and there's like a difference. So yeah. that's like a... <laughs> yeah, um, if, yeah. it's like, well, if you're not... If it's Long Island, you're just from Long Island, everyone thinks you're, you know, whatever. But if, when you're on Long Island, it's like, oh, you're from the East. You're from... Well, of course. You know, you're from Same the... Same thing with yeah. Brooklyn, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So were you a sports fan at all as a kid? Were you a... I have to ask that. My dad grew, well, grew up in the Bronx, so I grew up loving the Yankees. Okay. Um, all right, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as, like, you know, as soon as I was, you know, old, old enough to get into like skateboarding and punk rock, I kind of, like, you know, like I played lacrosse a little bit in high school because it was like not baseball or basketball or the, like the sports that were on TV. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, like my, but my dad, because the Bronx wasn't the safest place to, you know, bring a kid. Like, not at all then. We man. saw a lot. Of, I, I, I saw way more Mets games than I saw Yankees games. I've probably been to Shea Stadium, you know, a hundred times where I went to, you know, Yankee Stadium like a handful of times. And I also went to Yankee Stadium as like an adult more than I did as a kid with my dad, you know. Right. Yeah, no, I spent a lot of time at Shea. There's a brick outside uh -huh. of City Field now uh, yeah, with yeah. My, my mother and me from Game 5 oh. of 1969 World Series. We were there. Oh, so, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, that was, it was kind of a, that whole thing, think about it. You're uh, 13 years younger, mm -hmm. so you didn't get to experience it. When I was 11, we had... Mets, Jets, Knicks were all world champions that mm -hmm. one year, mm -hmm. which is crazy for one city. Boston's had a little of that lately. Uh -huh. Anyway, that was that was nice. So out here, we have the Blazers, and I can't really wrap my arms around soccer. Uh -huh. um, but uh, it's it's a different feel. But sports isn't a, your thing. I, I I really wish it was. Like I, when people start talking about it, I'm like, okay. And the, I had a a chef that worked in the restaurant in LA, he's like, let's go down to the bar and watch the Lakers. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, let's do it. And I'd go and I'd sit there and I'm like, mm. like, you know, I kind of like, all right, I have a beer and I'm like, all right, it's cool. I'm going to go home now. Like, I'm, you're not going to finish. I'm like, ah, it's means more to you. You know, like I I mean, I get it, but it's like, it's just something that I don't. You know. Well, if the Blazers have really good years, you can start get into it in Portland because I hope so. it's a big, it's I hope, contagious. I hope I can, I hope I can catch. It. I hope I, I hope I catch that. I caught it for a few years okay. and then kind of lost it. Okay, so hope I get it back. It's so you hope you get it back. You you loved it. No, <laughs> well, no, I liked it. It was really I was with the Lamarcus Aldridge, Brandon Roy years. Mm -hmm. I was really into it. I went a lot. I watched it a lot. Uh, and for whatever reason, I moved out to the coast and I dropped ev almost everything but the Mets. Okay. I still like to watch the Mets okay. more so because of the announcers, they're my age, mm -hmm. and I enjoy hearing the banter. Yeah. Whether they win or not is not yeah. as big a deal. That's good. But, um, but the Blazers are, are, uh, are very cool, and they mean, they mean so much to this city, more so than most other sports franchises because the, it's, all the love is split between many different teams, and here mm -hmm. it's very, the Blazers have been it for so many yeah. years. That makes so sense. Um, it's cool. So what else do you like to do? Uh, do you have kids? I don't have kids. Just okay. Two, two little cats, but no kids. And so what do you, you and your wife like to do? Do you, do you manage to have the same days off? We, we have one day off 
and that day is usually like a day of us kind of like kind of like figuring out something to do and um mm-hmm. you know um but you know i'm still you know i definitely hit the ground running and spent a lot of time at farm mm-hmm. spirit and like and actually like you're kind of catching you know me this i finally feeling like, okay i feel comfortable now there's some th- other movement that's been you know around that farm spirit where i feel like i don't have to be there all the time not that mm-hmm. i really ever felt i have to be but I, I just also love what i do so and i love being there so it's like it's easy for me to just go oh I'm gonna go and also live, you know, on a on eleventh, and we're on fourteenth. So yeah, so, you know, that's a, but that's <laughs> that also keeps you pre, kind of provincial. So you're in the same. Yeah, you have to venture out mm-hmm. to see some other things. Yeah. So what is going on at Farm Spirit now that uh, people might want to, if they have never been or if they've been, would make them want to come back? What's, well, one thing that we just did was is awesome. Since I got here, I was trying to figure out how we should do lunch, and mm-hmm. then we opened Fermenter and. We were offering a three-course lunch at the bar there, and it started getting a little. The weather started changing, and there was not a lot of people. We couldn't fit the people, and then it started getting really crowded. So it was like, I always wanted to figure out how to do lunch at Farm Spirit because it's so beautiful there in the daytime. So mm-hmm. we moved that three-course over to Farm Spirit. So we're doing lunch there on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, a couple days a week, and then on Sundays we have uh, Sean, Chef Sean Sigman, who does uh, folklore here in town. We have him doing brunch on Sundays. And we're going to probably... Well, is we, that a set? Is that an a la carte thing? Is that it's a, a la carte. Menu? Yeah. And same thing. Uh, the lunch is just a three course mm-hmm. set. How much is that? $29. Okay. Pretty cheap, pretty fast. You know, it's not like, you know, not coming in for a two hour, you know, 10 course meal. It's just really quick. Are you going to leave full? For, for you, is, it a, is it a substantial lunch? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. It's like a temp... It's, oh, the main course is definitely tempeh, like a big tempeh. It's, it's really just... It's a little bit different from what Aaron was doing, but I definitely used Aaron's, you know, three course, you know, fermenter lunch as my, as the influence. So it's always going to be a tempeh entree, like a soup or a salad to start. And then like a nice, like fruit forward dessert to be the, the ending there. Oh, that sounds good. And you're still doing lots of special drinks, alcohol with alcohol, non-alcohol. All the, yeah, all the local wines and, and, you know, cocktails. And then, you know, we have Maya making all the great, you know, temperance flights, the kombuchas and the kefirs and the teas and the ginger beers and all that. Non-alcoholic. I thing. think that's where to go to get your consummate Portlandia experience. Yeah, you know, I mean right? that's you know it's pretty incredible. <laughs> um, and I haven't been. I, I you know I spend so much time apologizing. I'm sorry I haven't been, but I'm waiting for everybody to do pop-ups at Manzanita. Okay, <laughs> that doesn't mean that I'm only there. But when I'm here, mm-hmm. I have plans and. Well, let's do one. I'll come out to Manzanita and do a pop-up for sure. Yeah, well, you can do it in my backyard too. I got to get some picnic tables out there and right. do little events. Out Deal, there. that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else that you want to talk about with, that's going on at the restaurant? That uh, oh, no, I mean, just uh, Valentine's Day is coming up, but it's all booked out. Sorry. Um, Have you gotten <laughs> some cool press? Yeah, we've been getting some. Yeah, it's been great. You know, it's like I'm. You know, I just kind of came up and just do what I do and I'm really happy to be in a place that I get to you know like I, I was coming from you know we had 25 restaurants and I was bouncing all over the place and you know being able to come up here and like see everybody I work with every day and talk to everybody I work with and be able to like actually like you know get a high five and like actually can show something physical it's really great for me so it's like it's just nice to be able to be in one place and to be able to doing something on such a great level using such great ingredients and being able to like you know and also be able to support each other and the, the people around you it just just feels really great. Do you have a lot of regulars? Like, are, you, are there people who are vegan and they are just going 
They're making the rounds. Through. There's people that are vegan and people that are not vegan that come all the time. There's people that come twice twice a season to come to come in the beginning to tr- see what's happening like in the beginning of the summer and then they'll come at the end to see what we're doing at the end of the summer and then they make a reservation three weeks after the summer ends and it's just it's just incredible like, and but make, do you see there there's some people you see I'm trying to think of like weekly all the time um not weekly but there are people that come a lot that's their yeah that's their main yeah haunt. Like, yeah yeah they're coming back they're coming back they're coming back and then then also now that we've you know you can eat our food at like fermenter and at folklore, you know, so it, they have more options too. So that's, that's, that's kind of nice. Cool. And we're seeing those people a lot too. So is it, uh, is the website farm spirit PDX? Yes. Dot com. Dot com. All right. Uh, thank you. You're if you're going to get out and play sometime, we'd like to yeah. <laughs> go and see you. I, I'm guessing that, um, I need to take the bull by the horns and try to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah, it'd be great. Few, it'd be fun. We've had a few people play guitar in here. We should have had you bring your bass. Oh, <laughs> but you weren't going to sing, time. so that yeah. would maybe I'll, a tape. I probably grumble a little bit while I play. You know. Oh, that's good. That, well, that's you know. That's what back. I've heard. Actually, I've been told like, oh, you make some weird noises when you're playing. I'm like, okay, well. Yeah. Well. Um, cool. <laughs> I think that's that goes along with being a bass player. I don't sure, think there's yeah, anything right. wrong with that. Yeah, that's, no. the, that's the sound you're you're going for, and you're just helping it along. Yep, yep. All right. Well, rumble. thanks for helping us along. Thank and you. Coming in, really appreciate it. And Got thanks it. to uh, Heather Jones yes, for arranging you, this too. For sure. Um, always a thank you to Heather, and uh, we'll see you at Farm Spirit, please. Hopefully sooner, uh, sooner rather than later. I won't even say okay. hopefully. Well, I'll, I'll be do. there. You just tell me when. All right. All right. Well, uh, is it hard? By the way, last question: Is it hard? How do people make reservations? And is it hard? It's a lot easier than it used to be. You have to go go to our website, or you can go to Talk. You have to, you know, we do the ticket system, but they're available. I mean, it was harder a lot when we had the fourteen seats, but now that we have, you know, how open, many seats now? There's twenty eight seats, and we oh. do we still do the kitchen, the the dining, the counter, the chef's counter. So mm-hmm. we have a six. Six people at the chef's counter that they get to have, like, you know, kind of similar to the old experience. Mm-hmm. And then we have a bunch of tables. You know, so you can have, you know, some people didn't like having that chef experience. Like, you know, everyone, like, you know, eating at the same right, time. So they want to just have an intimate meal and so, talk amongst exactly. themselves. So, so we offer both now. And it's, 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 a, I th- we're, we're booked out. The weekends are definitely harder, but, you know, you can definitely get a table if you, um, you, you, you know, you're a little bit mindful for it and you know, right, try a, a couple weeks advanced. at a time. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Thank you so much, Scott. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right